Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. This episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is brought to you by Dummy the Web Series. Starring, written, and directed by our buddy Joe Dallow, and also starring Izzy Diaz. Dummy is the very funny story of Sammy and Donnie. One's a dummy, one isn't. Maybe they both are. I don't know. Go check it out. Episode 3 is up, where they go in search of an agent. It's pretty funny. Go check it out. Go to YouTube.com, search Dummy the Web Series, and subscribe to the channel so you can get all the episodes as soon as they come out. I know they're working on episode four as we speak. Go check it out. And now it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Talking New York sports nice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. <laughs> Hold the phone. Hey, brother. This is serious. Serious. We could make Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 224. Coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. Yes, it's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi. We are going to be talking about New York sports nice for a little while tonight. There's a lot to get to. There's a ton to get to. And this is the Sports Talk Podcast. Mostly. So we're going to do that. We're going to get to it quickly. We have baseball, spring training, the Mets opening day shenanigans, opening day gate, which actually works on two levels. Opening day gate, how much they make on opening day, and then opening day gate, which is the controversy. We're going to talk about that. I know, it's been talked about a lot. I don't care. Brian and I want to talk about it. And then the NHL season is winding down. The Islanders... Spoiler alert, very difficult game tonight. Tough game that they sort of gave away. The Rangers shellacking the Senators, the red-hot Senators. There's only seven games left of the NHL regular season for the Islanders. They are limping towards the playoffs. They can't win at home anymore. We're going to talk about that. Because baseball is starting, and frankly, Cal and I don't give a damn. That's way too strong a language for a... Sports Talk Podcast. We don't, uh, we're not as into baseball as we usually are right now. Hi, welcome to the program. Episode number 224. I am the aforementioned Sam Pete, one of the hosts of the program. And uh, this is a New York Sports Talk Podcast. We've been doing it for five and a half years. We do it every week, except last week. We took off. <laughs> I had family in town. Therefore, the kitchen slash studio was not available. 
lest my nine-year-old niece come walking out into the kitchen at 11 o'clock for a glass of water and get a fresh hot take on the Jets. So we couldn't do a show last week. But we're back. And um, uh, we're going to talk about New York sports. Nice. No big deal. And uh, whatever else comes up. So uh, thank you for joining us. If you're joining us live, great. If not, hosting in podcast form on iTunes or Stitcher, you can get all of our episodes, including the fun loads, which are timeless. They really are. The sports stuff is kind of dated. <laughs> so let's bring in the co-host of the program. Kel. The co-host of the podcast, the guy who's live from Comac, not going to give out his address or anything. The yin to my yang. The Horshack to my Epstein. The Rachel to my Ross. Wait a minute. Hoping for some more dated analogies. And that last one's creepy. Mr. Brian County Vicapino. Caliente, hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, you're looking well. Thank you, and yourself. Thanks. Get a haircut there, kid? No. Good. Thinking about one? Wasn't. No. <laughs> Maybe not. How's your week? Uh, good, good. A lot of sports to talk about. There is. A lot of sports to talk there about. There is a ton. There's a ton. And the NCAA tournament is going on right now. We don't want to ignore that. Um, but we're going to ignore that. Well, what's happening in it? I don't know. Okay. Because I don't know either. Yeah, the first game... Sports talk. Uh, right here. <laughs> well, it's New York sports talk. Right. And there are there's no New York team in the NCAA tournament anymore. There's There's no local flavor. Nope. So, we've moved on. Did you watch uh, any of the tournament outside of St. John's, your uh, your beloved alma mater? <laughs> yeah, I watched I watched a bunch of the games. Yeah, me too. Last weekend, um, other than my beloved UD. Right. Sorry, that was a tough loss. We'll okay. get to that. Okay. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Doug Gottlieb. Back Spoiler it alert. up. Yeah, we'll back it up. Sorry. Have you enjoyed what you've watched of the tournament so far? Yeah, when I, you know I always do when right. I watch it, and then I don't normally I don't watch a lot of it that second week for whatever reason. No, <laughs> I mean last year I had reason to for the well, first sure. time pretty much ever. You had a vested interest, right, with Dayton making a run to the Elite Eight. But um, yeah, it kind of loses me after that first weekend. I don't know why, because the games get better. We, well, and In also, theory. but we go back to the pro game. We're pro jocks. That's how we come up. We love the we love the pro game. That's how we came up, man. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna watch Wisconsin tonight over the Islanders. I'm not gonna do it. No, but tomorrow night I might watch the games. Tomorrow night I might watch. Else on. Yep. So that you know, and then the weekend comes, and I you know, I got a full dance card this weekend. Yeah, literally. How many, uh, literally. Not this, not this weekend, but the, girl, the girls are off this weekend. Yeah, it's I a, don't know. Uh, a tremendously full dance card this weekend. It is sports wise because you have the Isles, you have uh, all the hockey, you have uh, you know spring training baseball, you have the NCAAs, you have. There's a lot of places you can go, and of course, it's the weekend when your your uh, family expects you to uh, maybe uh, contribute a little bit. Right. And, and Saturday Saturday night, of course, we have the draft, baby. 
the draft. That's right. I, the family already knows this weekend I'm I'm not going to be productive. So right. Saturday is, night is is draftmas. Yep. Yeah, it is. I'm ecstatic. Well, you're the defending champion. I am for the first time in the nine year going on ten year history of this league. I am defending my first title. That's well, correct. Congratulations. Thank you. This is a big year for you. Look, we went for it. I'd you're, love to know, and and I don't I don't really want to talk about your fantasy experience right now sure. at the top of the show. Right. But at some point. Maybe either tonight or next week. Sure. I'd love to know what it's like to approach a season as a, de- a defending champion rather than like every other year when you're going for it. Um, I'm curious. Okay. I'm curious to get your take on it, but not now. No. Think about that. No, I, I and and it, this will be my first baseball draft in this particular league as champion after losing in the finals three times out of the out of the nine. Losing in the semifinals twice. Um, we've been, uh, you know, we're the Atlanta Braves right now, though, unless we uh, double up on it. You know, lots of division championships there and not a lot to show for it. I'll tell you what, our fan base, our organization, organization, very proud, very excited. And, they should um, be. Yeah. You made them proud last we're year. Gonna, we're going to raise the flag. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge weekend. I'm making the meat pies on Saturday, so that's a huge deal. That's this weekend. That's, that's right. This weekend because it's the week before Easter. So The um, Sunday of Palms for those of you that partake. Right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, an Italian tradition in my family, we make meat pies uh, for Easter. Easter pie, some people call it. We don't just make uh, two or three, uh, Bri. This is an organizational uh, uh, meeting. Uh, when you get asked to partake in the meat, that's correct. There it is. Thank you. It's like you're feeding a village. Yeah, it's uh, you get asked, you get tapped. It's sort of like being made. Right. Like I got tapped five years ago. And I'll never remember I'll, that. I'll never forget it. I mean, it was a very emotional. Emotion. They opened the books on me, and I was allowed to make the meat pies with my uncle Tom and and uh, my uncle Tommy, my dad, my brother. You know, this is. Uh, a secret recipe can't be released. Mm. Uh, it'll be on the website. It'll be on the website. Checkr2sports.com. Be there. Nothing else there, actually, on I, our website. That's right. I absolutely destroy 100 years of protecting <laughs> the secret, my great grandmother's recipe. Gone. Pissed away. Champion had to tweet it out. That's right. It's on my Twitter, it's all over my Twitter feed. Um, no, so we make the meat pies, and uh, a good haul for us is usually 40 to 45 meat pies. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a big day. It's a long day. Starts at about 8, 8.30 uh, with a cup of coffee nice. This is what, Sunday? Saturday. Saturday? Oh. I will be arriving at the draft very fatigued and smelling of spiced meats and cheeses. All right. <laughs> at least you'll have an excuse. As, as usual, basically. Everybody else that smells like that has no excuse. That's correct. I will have an excuse for smelling like mozzarella, ragot, and five different kinds of salamis. Speaking of which, bring in our third man. Right, I'm sorry. Let's bring in the uh, the third guy. Uh, he is uh, Bishop Pop Culture PJ. Uh, he's the third man in. Speaking of Italians that smell like salami. <laughs> At all times. You do. Well, right now I reek of Olive Garden. I'm sorry, what's that now? <laughs> I reek of the Olive Garden right now. 
You went to, you're at the Olive Garden? You're doing the show from the Olive Garden? No, but it's all in my clothes and it's in my hair. We had a uh corporate sponsor. We had a ch- we had a chain restaurant uh dinner tonight. The boy requested it. Oh boy. And your I had son the chicken requested Marsala. Your son, of course you did. Your son requested Olive Garden. He is loves he that gra- place. Well, because you know, is he because of the breadsticks? Because they bring so you right. breadsticks wrapped in a towel. I mean, how do you not? That's right. What what nine year old boy doesn't want breadsticks wrapped in a towel? That's right. It's fan. That's fancy. It, this would be my in my house. That would be, Daddy. I want to go to the Olive Garden. You know where you can go? You can go to your room. I know. <laughs> and you and you can think there, about and you can think about the disgrace you are to at least half of your heritage. Yeah. Well, I want to have a discussion with you later about some chain restaurants, but you know, we'll take Oh, that. beautiful. Uh, All right, we'll we'll do that in yeah. in the fun load. For those of you who don't uh know, uh we usually uh do about an hour, hour and a half of sports and then we move uh, to what's called the fun load, which is uh where we just uh talk about whatever comes to mind. So uh and and the bishop is a big part of that. He's also the producer of the show. You'll notice uh, these little sound drop-ins. Really well done. That's uh, that's the producer. That's the big guy. The His timing is impeccable. I don't know about it. See? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and he proved it. All right, there let's it get is. To, let's get to the sports. Nothing like the Law & Order drop-in. Three seconds too late. <laughs> Look. There's a delay with an internet switchboard. Yes, there it is. Beach, we'll talk to you in a bit. Are you at work later, Dish? You'll be lucky if you talk to me later, all right? We will be lucky. We'll be blessed. New York sports, Bry. That's what it's all about. Uh, where do you want to start? What we're all about. I don't. I want to start where you want to start. Great. So lead me there. 1978. 1978. That was a big year for the Yankees around these parts. It was. Uh, Here's where I want to start. The opening day starter uh, flap with the Mets. Oh, that's where we're going with this. All right, let's go. Well, I want to get it out of the way because it's been talked about ad nauseum, nod asium. It's been talked about other Latin words a lot. Ipso facto. Caveat emptor. Um, here's, you and I have been talking about this on text, going back and forth. Um, there were two sort of separate camps about the Harvey starting, uh, not starting on opening day. And then the, you know, Bartolo Cologne and, you know, uh, certain people in the morning in New York sports were completely outraged. Then other people were uh, in the midday, maybe in New York sports talk, thought you were absolutely ridiculous if you were outraged. Right, and then you get articles from guys like Andy Martino saying you're ridiculous if you're outraged, and then you get articles from other people saying it's okay to be outraged. I think I felt outrage of any kind was strong. Um, as I said in one tweet, uh, I was going back and forth with uh, Franco, uh, who's a really good Met fan. John Franco? No, it's not Johnny Franco. Um, I, I don't know his uh, – I, I should have his Twitter handle ha- handy. Handle handy. 
Mm. That's a lot. That's tough. I hope he's not listening. Um, he's probably not. Um, if he is, he won't be for much longer. But anyway, I said, look, I'm not fanning myself like a southern belle with the vapors here. This is not, you know, my lord, I do declare. It's not the the worst thing that's ever happened. And my my take on it, which I hate the word take, but my opinion was... Is it a hot take? It's not a hot take. I'm sorry I said it. Come on. Sim- we do. Simply, we do not do hot takes. We do. <laughs> we never have. That's all we do. Well, it's simply from a baseball standpoint. Mm. And it wasn't talked about nearly enough. And that was first game of the season. How many times a year, Brian, do you have the opportunity to set your rotation? Um, any, any way you want to. Maybe three times. Right. I said three to four. My thinking was uh, three to four, right? Opening, opening day. Yep. Coming out of the all-star break. Yep. And right before the playoffs start. And when September call-ups. Nah. Right? Well, I'm saying when September call-ups happen, you can use a kid for a spot starter on a series or skip a guy on an off day. And oh, you can from that reset. perspective, yes. You're right. And you can reset. your. My point was you only get three opportunities maybe for Max during a season to have the exact pitching matchups you want. Exact. Right. And opening day is one of them. Well, maybe this is maybe this is the pitching matchup that they want. Have you considered that possibility? I have. Okay. And if it is, they're idiots. Great. Well, I think they're, they're not idiots. They're, it doesn't make sense to me. It's simple math, right? Max, yeah. Max Scherzer has about a one eight five one nine ERA, two at best, and you're going to throw a guy mm. who has a four ERA at him, mm-hmm. right? So two runs, four runs, you're going to lose. You're you're lessening your chances of winning the game when you face an ace, right? Your uh, your runs are going to be hard to come by. You would I would think pitch your three best pitchers mm. against their three best pitchers. Well, are they not doing that? Is Bartolo Colon their third best pitcher? I would argue that he is. Okay, so why is he pitching the first game against their best pitcher? Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here with you. I love devil's advocate. I know it's the board game. Devil's advocate, the board game. You just got the long microphone out. Very good, the Gene Rayburn. Because I've been dying, I've been dying to give you this take since we were talking about this on Tuesday. It's a lot to type in a text, so I figured let me wait till we're talking about it. We have we have a hit show. Let's do it then. We've got some time here. Right. Um, I, I wrote a hit plan, directed it. I'm not sweating it either. I like your, I like your theory on you want to put uh, your best pitcher first. Good, because I have a pamphlet that goes with it as well. I, I didn't even see your your paraphernalia. <laughs> Some reading materials. Your materials. No, but I like it. I, yes, it's it's a sound theory, with one caveat. Okay, and sure. At beware. Beware. Do. Beware. <laughs> um, we're talking about the Washington Nationals here. Yes. We're not talking about a team that has a clear ace and then a huge drop-off after game one. We're talking about the Nationals, who essentially have five aces in their staff. That's, so, that's going to be their, their, uh, their slogan, right? Five aces or five, five yeah. easy pieces, five... You're right. Five easy pieces. Five for fighting. Five, please. Right. 
Um, that that band should never be mentioned on this program again, ever. No, that's that's a that's a sports show. Five for fighting. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. It's like a crossfire high, type. High and tight. <laughs> in your kitchen. Up and in. With Sal Licata. Um, he's in all of them. He's in um, all of them. No, but but the it's the a great point. Is, it is a great point. It is a great point. Right. So with the, so with Washington, to me, it's almost irrelevant how you line it up in the first series because it's not going to matter. You're going to be facing an ace every night. So whether Cologne is facing Scherzer or Cologne is facing Strasburg in Game Three, it's not going to matter. Right. For your theory. So that that's the that's the only piece of it that I would kind of. Point counterpoint, if mm. I may. Go. Go. <laughs> okay, Ralph Crampton. No problem. Rachel, you've come back. Um boy, the references really Yeah, yeah, really timely. timely. Let's let's see here. We've done Welcome Back Carter, Friends, and now the Honeymooners. The honeymooners. Good job, everybody. Um the Devil's Advocate. Devil's Devil. Advocate. Movie. Yeah, but Keanu's performance is so bad it is never forgotten. Um, Whoa! Give me what you got. Best best producer in the game. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're lining up Bartolo Colon to take that first start, who's your third best pitcher? I would argue he's your fourth. I would argue Nice is better than him. It's a fair argument, but let's just say he's your third best pitcher behind Degrom and Harvey. Okay. <laughs> We've already said it. We don't have to. We don't, it's not hypothetical. Right. I said it. When does Bartolo Colon pitch again? Well, he'll if if under the current scenario. Correct. He's going to pitch Sunday. That's in right. Atlanta. That's right. Sunday in Atlanta. Two, two out of your first five games are going to Six. feature Bartolo Colon. No, five. They have an off day. There's they play Monday, be... they're off Tuesday, they play Wednesday, Thursday. Right? And then they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? So that's their sixth game. Right. Isn't he wouldn't he pitch on Saturday? Why would they skip Saturday? Well then they're not gonna they're not gonna skip a start. They wouldn't. Yeah. How would they be skipping a start? Uh Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, okay, I got you. So Cologne, Friday, so Cologne Saturday. Pitches, so Cologne pitches two of your first six games. Right. Right. And who does he go against, do you think, on Sunday? Sunday, he will go against the ace of the Braves. That's staff. right. How did Bartolo Colon get 15 wins last year? Was it pitching against every team's number one starter? No. No, Probably it was not. not. No, it, I, I checked. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, it, you've, done, you've done the research? Yes. Okay. Lots of starts against three, four, five guys. Okay. So, so that's so that's so that's that's, that's, that's again a baseball point. This has nothing to do with Harvey or right, opening but day. Where, but that's Just where your point comes point. in. Right. right. Put your best team on the field, especially and now. This is a little bit of a tweak, Brian, but it's important, especially against the Nationals in the first series of the year. In a year where you're you're talking a ton, you're talking about competing. The Nationals are clearly the team to beat. They're the defending NL East champions. They've gotten better. And the first game of the season, they're trotting out their new $250 million pitcher. You're trotting out Bartolo Colon. 41-year-old, in his second year with the team, 
journeyman who's won 200 games and had a lovely career. Lovely. When you have the reigning National League Rookie of the Year in your rotation. So that's that was my problem with start I'd rather see them start Nice. I mean if you want to hold Matt Harvey back because you want him to pitch on now look, we can get to that in a second because we know very well why they're holding Matt Harvey back. It's so he can pitch the second home game of the season instead of opening day at home and they can get a bigger draw. We know it. And they said, Oh, they they want to pitch him in warmer weather. And that's a 1 o'clock start for his start on Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if that's their huge concern, why are they throwing him the following week at night when it's supposed to be 40 degrees? That's their huge concern. Yeah. I'm so, not buying it. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. The, the general manager admitted it. <laughs> I mean, do we have to go any further than that? Or farther, either one. You want to know what my problem is? Dan? Or do you, or do you, st- no. <laughs> you still have more. I'm sorry. I just kind of hijacked your, your I don't. rant. I don't. What else you got? That's it. It's, sure? it. Mine was from a baseball matchup perspective and putting your best team on the field on opening day. And one last thing. Last time I checked, opening day, game one. No, count- you have to say, you have to say, oh, by the way. Oh, sorry. <laughs> CBS Sports Minute rules. On, I apologize. And oh, by the way, game one counts just as much as game 56. And in game 56, if you want to put your best team on the field, and you have a choice to do it. You have a choice. Why wouldn't you give yourself the best chance to win when you have a choice? Game 56, you might not have a choice. You might have to start Bartolo Colon. Game one, you have a choice. We talk about practice. So what I'm getting out of this is so now I'm done. Sorry. Okay. So what I'm so what I'm getting out of this is that your issue is not with Harvey not starting opening day. Your issue is with Bartolo Colon being selected to start opening day. Correct. It has nothing to do with Harvey. If they decided that Matt Harvey was not a viable candidate to start opening day on a cold weather day, even though it's a day game. On a cold weather day in D.C., and it's his first start in a year, and they decided for health reasons they want to hold him back, I don't think it's true, but fine. I could buy it. There were two other starters that are better than him, that match up better against the Nationals. For game one, you want to win. Do you want to win the game? Do they? I don't know. I don't think so. I th- well, no. I'm, somebody, somebody, somebody said that to me. I'm pretty sure they want to win every game. Are you? Yes, I'm sure. I'm 100% sure that they want to win every game. I, I, I'm not convinced they want to win this game. I think they want... They wa- if, if they had their druthers, they would win every game. I'm convinced of it. You can't make me believe that they don't want to win every game. I can't. But, no, you can't. Then why, wouldn't they, then why wouldn't they put the best team on the field that they could? Well, because... Of the players that they have. When you have a choice, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you start a better pitcher? Well, it doesn't mean that they don't want to win. Does it mean... It, so, so, okay. I, hope, I want... You're going to tell me... You're, <laughs> I know, because 
I, I got to understand where your head's at with this. You're going to tell me that a Major League Baseball team actually doesn't want to win a game? They don't want to win. They don't want to win that game. They've decided, you know what? We don't want to win this game. I think they absolutely want to win the game. I don't understand why they don't give themselves the best chance to. Thank you. That's so what we do. So it's a layup, <laughs> uh, an alley oop. But if you're not going to give yourself a chance to, Brian, on purpose, when you have a choice, how can you tell me that winning that game means anything to you? Winning the because this organization wants to win as much as everybody else wants to win. They just don't do what they need to to try to win. Right. Okay. They're not willing to do what they need to. They don't. They don't make their best effort to right. do it. Right. This is why they're. This is why they're searching for a left-handed reliever. You know, sixteen days before the season starts. Hey, listen. I want an ice 16, cream cone right now. Like Eleven days. Right. Yes. Yes. I want. I, I. You. If you ask me, do you want an ice cream cone right now? I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah. I want an ice cream cone. I'm just not gonna go and get one. I'm in the middle of something. The answer to that question is always yes. Right. But my point is, if someone were to, I'm. I'm gonna sit here and hope that maybe somebody brings me one. <laughs> and then I'll have one, and it'll all work out. But I'm not going to go and get one. And if they don't bring me one, well, then you know what? Then there's always tomorrow. I was here for it, ready to receive it. I wanted it. It just didn't happen. Oh, well. There you go. <laughs> not willing to put the effort in. Right. This is why they're searching for a left-handed reliever 11 days before the season starts. Well, and also because they don't want to spend any money. They can't spend any money. No. They can't. We go back and forth on this. They can Spend the money. They made a profit last year, Steve. I don't know if you saw that. Define profit, Brian. They, they made about $25 million last year. Yeah, and where did it go? No. To pay debts. No, they, they can't they... afford it. That's not a profit. If you take $25 million and you, have well, to, and you have to immediately pay off a $475 million debt, that's not a profit. Well, it, it technically is a profit. Right. The, the Technic- made technically a profit. only. Is it, is it money that they can put back into the team? No. Is no. it money that they can afford on the team for next year or for the year after? No. We looked at the numbers, right, Bri? We looked mm-hmm. at the numbers. We did. How much did that scoreboard cost? How much? I bet you it was more than $3.2 million, right? I bet. You know, you want to know where some of the $25 million went? We're going to get it in clear HD on April wow. 13th. Great. Crystal clear HD. But, there's, but we're not going to see a left-handed reliever on that screen. That's correct. <laughs> right? You know what we won't see in clear HD? A lefty coming in, trotting in from the bullpen. I would have been better if they tore the scoreboard down. <laughs> That's right. And said they and used then, the money. And then traded for Brian Mattis. <laughs> and they didn't have a scoreboard. I'd be they fine said, with that. They said, you know what? This is how badly we want to win. We need the money from the scoreboard. We are tearing it down. And we are putting a manual scoreboard, Wrigley Field style out there. And, and, and I got news for you. My kid brother's going to have to run the scoreboard. My nephew's going to have to do it because we can't afford to pay somebody. It's got to be a family guy who runs the manual scoreboard. And that we're going to take that money and get a left-handed reliever for the bullpen. That's how much we want to win. And you know what the fans would have said? You know what they would have said? They would have applauded that. Our manual 1914 natural Wrigley Field scoreboard is Awesome. Yep. Yep. Is awesome. It's the coolest thing ever. You know why? 
because the guy trots in from the bullpen every time Ryan Howard's up with the bases loaded in the seventh inning. That's why. When Bryce Harper steps to the plate in the eighth, he's going to look really good in HD on that scoreboard, Bryce. Uh, um, that's that's all I have on opening day. I think I'm not done. Apologize? No, you're not. You don't apologize. You're looking to just take this in your own direction. I'm not. I've got a very important point. My apology was sincere. Yeah. Heartfelt. Yeah, it didn't feel like it. It was Clintonian. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> I am bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. That one moment of Hammond doing uh. Clinton. He has so many doing Clinton, but that just, that is, that's the one. Just when when Dennis Miller cuts to him. Here's what the president had to say about not being impeached. He just looks right at the camera. I am bulletproof. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're burnt. The the reason why I was angry and outraged again, too strong a word, Nothing to be outraged about. No, I'm more I'm more outraged at the reaction to the supposed outrage. <laughs> right? you're, you're outraged by the outrage, right? Like, so I have a problem. Would that make you enraged? Uh, are you a- anti-raged? Are you enraged by the outrage? I don't know. All I know is it's all. Uh, I didn't like the fact that Harvey wasn't starting opening day. Uh, that doesn't make me eleven. Yes. Yeah, let me was, let me just get that out there. That was probably one of the more insulting, right, trolling articles. And I, I have no problem saying Andy Martino's name a million times. Uh, yeah, say, say over and, and over. <laughs> Andy Martino, after writing what was you know having a really good moment with the da- uh, Daniel Murphy stuff with the you know Billy Bean and wrote a uh, you know he failed a little bit in it, but he tried and it was a very good effort at having an insightful conversation with Daniel Murphy about Billy Bean's visit and inclusion and stuff. And you think maybe, just maybe, he's not going to be a ridiculous troll. And then he tells me I'm 11 years old because I want to see Matt Harvey pitch a game. I'm 11. I'm an 11-year-old. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Not an 11-year-old. I'm a grown man. (laughs) Right. And I didn't like it. Nope. But... The the thing that I didn't like the most about it, you want to start somebody else opening day, that's fine. You want to say that he shouldn't pitch opening day because you want to hold him back and rest his arm, that's fine too. But don't stand there and tell me Matt Harvey doesn't deserve to start opening day. Oh, well, that's, yeah. Because he wasn't here last year. <laughs> don't Don't be the manager of a major league baseball team. Yeah. And say that your best pitcher, by far, by far, DeGrom is good. He's not Matt Harvey. No. Your best pitcher, by far, one of, one of probably the most dynamic pitchers in the league this year. They have no problem doing special after special on him. On They're going to do an hour. ESPN followed him around for two months. <laughs> ESPN. He's won 12 games. He's been profiled in magazines and newspapers everywhere. All right? And the team loves it. They're doing T-shirts and bobbleheads. They're on his back at all times. And he hasn't... What now? He's kind of a big deal, I think. Many leather-bound books. 
you're going to stand there. First, you're going to call him a prick. That's the first thing you're going to do. And then the second thing you're going to do is say that he doesn't deserve start. So, so here's a guy that's like the greatest thing that's happened to your franchise in years. And, and he's now a prick that doesn't deserve to start opening day. All right. Good job. Unpack that correctly. You left, out, you, you left something in the suitcase. Oh, oh what, did I leave, what did I leave out? He said that he's. He said that he doesn't deserve to start opening day because he wasn't la- here last year. Ten minutes after telling us that opening day is not a big deal. Oh, that's right. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. What are you making a big deal about it for? Except it's so not a big deal. <laughs> you have to have been here last year for the honor, and he used the word, an honor, of starting opening day. But it's no big deal. Which this is in the same breath. Like, did he was he Two Face? Was he Harvey Dent? Like, did, did he flip a coin? Which, when you think about it, makes it all the more ridiculous that it's not even a big deal, and he doesn't des- he doesn't even deserve to start something that's not a big deal. <laughs> right, that's right. It's so, just so like, it's not a big deal unless, of course, it's a big deal. And that was which that was, which it is. That was the piece of it that just yeah. Yeah. Because because there was speculation all of why they did it. Who knew? You know. Oh yeah, they want to hold him back for the second home game for the. And then Sandy Alderson gave you kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah, a wink and a nod. And 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 Whatever. Collins Collins, you know, alluded to the fact that it was uh, the decision to start alone was above him. Whatever. But but the but the public comment coming from the manager of the team was he doesn't deserve it. He wasn't here last year. He wasn't in consideration. He wasn't even in consideration. And the GM backed him up. Wasn't even in consideration. Now this Matt is Matt Harvey. So like you've seen that. So, so Cal- they're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna put the five. They're gonna put the five placards out on their desk with the pictures of each of the pitcher, and they're gonna look at them, and they're gonna look at Harvey right away and just snap. Eh, no, no, nope. no, sir. Okay, now. All right, let's they have the start opening day. They have the chalkboard up. Right, the chalkboard in the office, and they got the five names written down. Well, they had six names written down. They've crossed Wheeler out already. Oh yeah, right. They've and erased him from yeah, yeah. Memory. Already. He's not on next year's chalkboard, so that's fine. <laughs> and then right away, well, obviously we're not going to consider Matt Harvey. This and this came eight minutes after he threw like five. He didn't even break a sweat making the Yankees look silly. No, he hasn't given up a run all spring. Five two-hit innings against the Yankees. No. Nothing. Nine innings. No, not a run. His last pitch in the fifth inning, actually five and two-thirds. I'm sorry. They took him out at 60 pitches because they had to get other guys work because he was cruising too much. So five and two-thirds innings, 60 pitches. His last pitch was 97 miles an hour. He's not ready. You are a laughingstock organization, and you have got something akin to gold in your hand right now yep. that could change everything and you're bumbling it away as usual. Well, that's the other part of this. I, I came out of a really baseball angle, but the last thing I want to say on this is just to get back to the idea of all the big talk that they've been doing, Bry. Big talker, Betty Crocker, this team. They're Betty Crocker spoons all over the place in the locker room. Cause they, that's, I'm going to get the t-shirt made. 
Are they wearing aprons? They are wearing aprons. With with Terry Collins, <laughs> they're going to start writing the kiss, Mets. Kiss the cook. Kiss the cook. They're going to start writing Mets in the Betty Crocker script <laughs> instead of that script. <laughs> but it, really, just talking out their ass everywhere about how the, they're going to make the playoffs and this and that. And you're opening against the Nats. Natitude, trademark. Right? You're, you have an opportunity, and you're getting the biggest personality who changes everything about your organization is a symbol for your organization. Right. And in no small way. They just wrote an article in, the New, in New York Magazine entitled, Is Matt Harvey Too Big for the Mets? Because they're such a mom and pop, well, not mom and pop's not right, nickel and dime crap organization now under the Wilpons. That at some point, this guy is such a huge persona and force of nature can change the fortunes of your franchise. And it's opening day against the Nationals, the team to beat. They won 95 games last year. They've been in the playoffs two out of the last three years. They're, everybody's crowning them champion. They have five easy pieces, five aces, five... Uh, cards in the hole. They got everything. They've got, they've got Hall of Fame plaques built already. They have uh, Bryce Harper and Steven Strasburg are in the Hall of Fame. They waive the five-year thing. That's unprecedented. Unprecedented. And you have a chance to run this kid out there and let him do his thing on opening day. And you don't even not, consider it. Not, 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 not a consideration. It. Nah. No. We're working with a group of four. But we're because choose from. but because that bothers me, I'm eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Is is that is that a fact? How about if you write articles where you call somebody an eleven year old about a sports team? You're an eleven year old. How's that? I like that. Well, <laughs> that's good. That's that's kind of like uh, bounce off of me, stick back to you. That's right. I'm rubber. You're glue. I like it, Andy Martino. I'm rubber years right. No, it's true. Like you're criticizing my fandom and calling me infantile is kind of infantile. Well, I have an 11 year old. I think she'd be insulted by the word infantile. So, it's true. I'm sorry. I apologize. Adolescent. Adolescent. That's better. You're an adolescent. And if the and if and if the Mets win and Bartolo Colon throws a two hitter, I'm not going to be pissed. That's the other thing. I still do want them to win the game. Mm. I don't want them to lose to prove a point. Mm-hmm. Sorry. So you can throw that one out. That was the other thing being thrown at people who gave a crap was, oh, you're going to be unhappy? Bartolo oh, I can't wait to hear you when they win. Hey, Bartolo Colon has to pitch sometime. Yeah, I know. Can we limit when it is? Is it worth it to win that game for the amount of I told you so's that you're going to hear? See? They knew what they were doing. No, because just because they win that game wouldn't make it right. On paper, very much so, they are not giving themselves the best chance to win. They're not. They may win the game. But they're not supposed to. What the Mets do is, if they ever succeed, it's in spite of themselves. And they're, and they're missing, an, that's exactly right, and they're missing a golden opportunity. Golden opportunity. Mm. By not starting Harvey. That's the Harvey factor. 
Now I can't wait till he pitches in 38 degree weather on that second night at City Field. They were so concerned, so concerned with his arm early in the season in cold weather. Let's run him out there when it's 34 degrees on a Tuesday night in April. But you couldn't pitch him on opening day, heaven forbid. Whatever. Okay. There you go. And he can't bunt. That's the other reason he's not starting. Right? Let's go Mets. That was a joke. It was yeah. a joke. Yeah. It's not, it's not, he's not actually not starting because he can't bunt. You know that. I, I, I do know that. You do, right? Did, didn't everybody know that? No. No. People, I mean, seriously, people took, because I kind of missed that today. I was yeah. at work and it's just not that. People took Sandy Alderson seriously? Uh, there were people that were, that were really angry with Sandy Alderson for saying that. Not because it was a horrible joke, but because uh, they really believed that that was the reason why he wasn't starting. Anywho, let's move on. There was, one other, there was one other story that we should touch on. With the Mets, though. What's that? Well, it's the the security cut cuts. Uh, you know, the the Mets uh, apparently had made all sorts of uh, budget cuts and cut security at City Field for this season. Oh, yeah. You didn't see this story? No, no. Was that today? Yeah. Fill yeah. me in. The team dramatically cut. Stadium security, dramatically. Citing, citing internal documents, the team dramatically cut stadium security by as much as 29% from 2009 to 2013 as the team became mired in financial issues and the Bertie Madoff lawsuit. And the Mets pushed back against this. Uh, in a statement, the Mets said there are numerous inaccuracies as to what's been reported. Now, I have it on very good authority. You know a guy? I actually literally do. I know I know two guys, actually, though. And this is absolutely true. Mm. Absolutely true. And one of these people that I know has been there for... since 09 or 10. Absolutely true. How true? Far less security at that stadium than there was... When it opened, can I, can I mention something though? Guys working overtime, double shifting. Oh yeah, that that's that story. I saw it today, and it did not surprise me at all. At all, it's true. Wouldn't the amount of security at the team be commensurate with the number of fans in the stadium, though? No, no, no. So there's a lot less fans at the at the park. Do they need as much security? No. No. It's not commensurate with that. Okay. No, they they they. It just worked out that way. It, it they just started cutting people, and they just started cutting personnel, regardless of the of the amount of fans that are there or whatever, because you can't just not hire people and then when you have a forty five thousand person day, which they do have, at least ten of them, you don't have the adequate staff. So you can't you can't go by oh well attendance is way down so we can do that because you still have ten dates a year fifteen dates a year where you have forty thousand people there well, that's a lot but I yeah no I know I know your point but if they have like opening day or or the Yankee series I'm sure they probably bring in extra security they just can't for the those dates. guys those guys are fired well this is this is like on staff security Bry 
They don't have okay. Okay. They cut it a lot every year. Okay. Again, the only the only reason I say that with such authority is because I have authority. Because you're an authority. Correct. Um I'm a sports authority. But <laughs> Thank you. There are um not one Steve. Not one. No but, no. But two Yes. Commissioners of Major League Baseball. Yep. Two. Two different <laughs> two different commissioners. Two different eras of commissionership. Entirely different men. <laughs> they are not the same guy. Bud Selig, Rob Manfred. Manfred Man. I haven't seen them both in the same place. <laughs> Just saying. They both have said. Team is fine. Staunchly. Nothing to worry about. And with conviction, we are confident in the Mets owner's financial ability to run the team. Confident, Cal. Confident as I am in the security cuts, that's how confident they are. Right. So, security cuts... Um, asking minor leaguers to pay their own way to an off-season camp. Asking other teams to pay contracts for players you're trying to trade for. Doing away with fan packs that consist of nothing more than pocket schedules. What's that now? I told you that, right? The one guy, yes, you know about this, when there was a guy that wrote a letter to every Major League Baseball team. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Asking them for, uh, I have an 11-year-old son. I'd love it if you could just send this sort of a fan pack. Yeah. And teams, every team sent various forms of a pack, you know, from from uh, a couple of pocket schedules and an envelope and a note saying thank you to the Indians, I think, sent T-shirts and, and tickets and... 29 out of 30 teams. One team stands alone. 29 out of 30 sent something back to this person. Now, I should let me be fair. Let me be fair. I don't have an agenda here, so let me be fair. All right. 30 out of 30 teams sent something back. 29 of those were tangible items from the team. The one team was a letter saying, we've discontinued the fan pack. <laughs> One team could not put a schedule no. but, in but, an envelope. But, but did take the time to write him back and say, they sent a form we, don't, letter. we don't do sure. this anymore. We've, dis- we've discontinued the fan pack. Yeah. One team out of, tw- out of 30. I... I've- yeah, I know. I know. I give you I give you I give you a couple of chances to guess who the team was. I'll give you three guesses. My dad used to say, I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. <laughs> so you're really only getting the one guess. It's the Mets. It's I It was such I, a nice letter too. Did you read the letter? From the guy who was like, I really want to get oh, my son into baseball. Yeah. And, like this is your complete target core audience. You're losing young people watching baseball every day. Right. Every 
day. They're not playing Little League anymore. They're not playing baseball. They're not watching it on a nightly basis. This is your this guy is doing you the biggest favor he possibly could. He's saying, I want to get my 11-year-old son into baseball. He loves it. I'm writing to every... He wrote it in a letter. I'm writing to all 30 teams. He is doing your job for you. And you... (laughs) Take the time to send the form letter back to say, I mean, it's just... They are truly... We said this years ago, Bri, on this program, and I'll say it again, because they've they've completely come full circle. And they are the gang that couldn't shoot straight. They really are. There's a great Jimmy Breslin book called The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight. And, of course, Jimmy Breslin, the, the, the great uh, writer for the Daily News. and uh, Or was it The Post? Was it Daily News? He was Daily News. Jimmy Breslin was The Daily News. It was The Daily News. I read that book... Callot's got to be 15, 18 years ago. I right. should read it again. And I told you the great story. I I was home from tour. I was staying in, actually, yeah. I was staying in my Uncle Vinny's apartment in Brooklyn um, because he had, he had moved and nobody was in the apartment. So I, I was able to stay there for a couple of weeks. And he had, uh, I had all his furniture there and he had all these books. Uh, you know, no cable or anything because, you know, he had had the cable turned off and stuff like this. A little three-bedroom railroad apartment in Brooklyn. And at that time, I read a lot. I was in a, I was on a pretty good reading kick after I got off tour. And um, I wish I did now. But, um, and so I read like all these books he had in his, in his apartment. And it was, that's the first time I read Vonnegut. You know, I read Cat's Cradle. I read, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, Breakfast uh, of Champions. I read all this great Vonnegut stuff. He had all these great Vonnegut books. And he had this book, The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight, with this great cover. The art on it looks like Yellow Submarine. It looks like the guy from who did Yellow Submarine did the art on the cover. Yeah. And the book is tremendous. It's just about this like low-level sort of organized crime family that just can't do anything right, no matter what they do. And that's the Mets. They are the gang that couldn't shoot straight. I decided to contact all 30 MLB teams. This is what this guy wrote. Right. On behalf of my 20-month, 20-year-old son, 20-month-old son. Right. Uh, I simply sent an email to the franchise, asked if they would be nice enough to send him a fan pack. I also included a photo of my son in the email, and he talks about he's going to be tracking the results. Okay. Um, So he talks about uh, the red scent magnets, a Ken Griffey Jr. poster, and stickers. He received little trinkets like stickers and pocket the red, schedules. The red said Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, live in the now, guys. Yeah, well, let it go. Well, that's, maybe that's part of you know. Oh, it's their fan pack. Get some stuff from the from the uh, warehouse. <laughs> right, Ken Griffey Jr. on the Reds. I mean, he was grateful to receive them, and he gave a flatter and great to most until the Mets. That is. <laughs> uh. Of the seven teams that have responded in the last 10 days, the Mets were the only team to respond and fail to send something. Uh, Unbelievable. He uh, he received an email back from Queens simply saying, it was an email, it wasn't a letter, it wasn't a form letter, it was an email. Which is worse. It's worse. I I received an email back from Queens simply saying, we no longer do fan packs for our fans. (laughs) Okay. Before I go on, about that statement. Let's let that one sink in. This is an email from the Mets 
to a fan <laughs> saying, we no longer do fan packs for our fans. Who wrote this? Who writes this email? And that I could write if I would like a pocket schedule. So in the email, they're telling the fan, if you want a pocket schedule, why don't you write in? Right. You have to adhere a 40-cent stamp. And we'll think about it. To get your 40-cent schedule. I mean, it's it, first of all, the wording is ridiculous. I, this is the Mets. We no longer do fan packs for our, for our fans. Wait, do you do them for your non-fans? Uh, they don't do them for anybody, as it turns out. I can't wait for them to start playing the games, Brian. I really can't, and well, well, and 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 I'm and and not in the way that I have been in the past because I'm way too into the Islanders, and I do want to talk about the Islanders for a second. I'm way too into the Islanders here to be into the Mets, but as I said to you the other day, if it wasn't for this manager, I would be excited to watch this team because I like a lot of these players. I do. I told you I was watching the game the other day on Saturday, just flipped it on. Harvey pitching against the Yankees, and you know David Wright hits a home run, Kadir hits a double, Lucas Duda hits a home run off CC Sabathia. Like, I like a lot of these players. If I didn't despise their manager, I would be, I would be way more excited. You know, Daniel Murphy is going to play this weekend, so it looks like he'll start the season, um, unless he has a setback or whatever with his hamstring. But you know, Wilma Flores has hit the ball really well. Juan Lagares is tearing the cover off the ball. Looks fantastic. Familia has been a problem, a little worrisome. He does not look good. He gave up three runs today. Um, and if he's a mess, that bullpen is a bigger disaster than it might be already. But I like this team. I like a lot of these guys. When I'm when I was watching the actual game, Bry, and watching Matt Harvey pitch, and watching Wright hit a home run, and Kadir, if he stays healthy, is going to be very good. Yes, he, he can hit. I know it's a huge if, but. Just watching this team play, there's a lot to like. And that's what kills you. That's mm-hmm. why I just I just want to get to the games. I want to tune out all the other BS and yeah, but, get to the games. Yeah, but Steve, the games come the Terry Conference the Terry Conference not, press Collins. <laughs> the Terry Press Conferences Collins? <laughs> the Tom Collins that I'm going to drink. During Terry Collins' press Yeah, conference. well, then you got to listen to him. you got to listen to this guy talking. But I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch you it. You can't avoid it. No, I can. I'm, I'm, uh, that's it. I'm out. I am only, I, and I'm saying this. Okay. Well, only watch, on record. Only watching baseball. It's memorialized. I am watching baseball. All right. No pregame show. No postgame show. I'm not going to read about it the next day. I am watching baseball. And we'll talk about it. Every Thursday. Every Thursday night. At 10 o'clock. Except on April 30th, when we'll be talking about the draft. At Five right. Milestone in New York City, Bry. Why don't you talk about that for a minute, Steve? Uh, okay. Just a little bit. Thursday, April 30th, if you are in the New York City area, please come and join us at Five Milestone on 85th and 2nd Avenue for the second NFL draft palooza fest Part two, it's Six Revenge. We're doing a um, a joint podcast once again with the guys from TurnOnTheJets.com. And we have award-winning craft beers being provided by Gun Hill Brewery. They did win an award. 
In fact, not just any award. They won the gold medal at the Beer Fest in wow. Denver wow. <laughs> for their stout, which is unbelievable. And then Men's Journal in February named their stout Void of Light, Gunhill Brewery, one of the 20 best stouts in the world. In the world. That's correct. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So award-winning brews and Void of Light will be on tap that night. Um, excuse me. $5 gets you in. None of that money goes to us. We're not making a dime. We don't want to make a dime. Nobody's making a dime except the bar. That is really just to cover the staff that's working the event. We have the hole upstairs. The place is gorgeous. We're going to be simulcasting the podcast this year. So we have the whole thing. And guests, Cal. Now Joe Caparoso has lined up a number of guests. We have Dom Cosentino from NJ.com, Advanced Media, covers the Jets. We have Chris Lepresti, guys that have been on our program before. We have Corey Griffin. Uh, we have, uh, who's the other one? Dyer? Was it Christian? Christian Dyer. Christian Dyer, also from NJ.com. I think we have four or five Jet beaters, Beat writers set. So if you're in the New York City area, April 30th, 7.30 p.m., come watch the NFL draft with us with the first round. It's going to be great. It's going to be really fun, relaxed. Uh, $5 Gunhill Brewery uh, draft beers that night. They're going to do some food specials too, like do this app, you know, a couple apps for five bucks a piece or something like that. Really, it's going to be well, a great time. Well, we did it last year and it was a lot of fun. It really, it really worked out well. It worked out better than we thought. There were a lot of people there. We got yep. a lot of positive feedback on it. Yep. So we decided to try it again and, and it's really shaping up to be even better than last year. Yeah, I think we have 60 or 65 people already uh, on the uh, Facebook event page. We're hoping for 100, 125 have a great turnout and um it's going to just be a ton of fun it's it's watching the nfl draft you don't have to be a jets fan either by the way i'm working on getting a giant beat writer as well to call in about the giants um, there may be a surprise guest okay huge a huge guest okay a huge fake guest all right enormous um, so you don't have to be a, a, a giant or a Jet fan, whatever fan you are. If you're a Bears fan, if you're a Titans fan, oh, we had fans of all teams last year we down did. there. We had Cowboys fans there. We had everybody come down, watch the draft. It's going to be a ton of fun, and um, you know we're just going to relax and have a couple of beers and watch the draft because that's the draft is now as big as the Super Bowl to me. <laughs> it's almost as fun. Okay, um, Islanders. Very difficult loss tonight. Hamstrung by um, what always gets them, Bri. If you haven't watched that game, sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, they did lose to the Kings 3-2 to in a... That was an intense game. And they played a terrible first period, a very good second period, and then a flat third period. But they... Halak kept them in it. Um, and they were bit in the ass by the stuff that bites them in the ass all the time. They can't finish the numerous chances that they get. And they have... Bri, they have two or three four-minute three or four minute sequences a game where they simply cannot clear the puck out of their zone with many opportunities to do so. Right. And that's what bit them in the ass tonight. And that's where they got, boy, that's, how many bite in the asses is that for me? That was only that happened a lot tonight. That's my new tagline, apparently. That's, that's my new, that's my new Kojak. <laughs> um, so, but I, I want to read you um, a quote from after the game, Bri. From Jack Capuano? Yeah, did you see it? I, I watched his, his post-game press conference, and for the first time, it's now game 74. Yeah. 
uh, he's starting to sound like he's had enough. Game 75, actually. Game 75, there's seven games left. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, now, all of a sudden, up until now, it's been we, we battled, yep. we played hard, I'm not worried about my team, we're doing all the right things. Um, well, give me the quote. Let me see if I can I can find it. it, it the, the one of the paraphrase it if if you can't find it. One of the reasons it stood out to me is because after watching that game tonight, it was obvious that some players were bad, and that some players' effort was not good. It really was. It looked like guys playing together for the first time. And so the yeah, quote, lines that have been together for a while, right? And the quote was something to the effect of Jack Capuano uses the word frustrating at least three times in his post game and strongly hints that there will be lineup changes because did not like the chemistry at all with his lines. Right. So, and I think this is, I'm going to take a, maybe a little different tact here, Bri. I think this is good. I think this is a good thing for them. Only in the sense of, you know how I feel about Jack Capuano. I think he should have done this 10 games ago. But at least he's now doing it. He's been doing things like sitting Calvin DeHaan. You know, or or sitting sitting Grabner the last three games that aren't effective. I don't know why. I get he's trying to get a guy a rest here or there or whatever. He sat Nelson, or uh, Nielsen, he sat Ryan Strom. But... You can't keep rewarding guys with ice time that aren't playing hard. And there like were who? there were guys tonight that I didn't think played hard. Like who? Let's hear it. I thought Nelson was a problem tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought, um, you know, I thought the fourth line got after it as they always do. Um, I thought they set a real good tone. I thought Kyle Posa was bad tonight again. Mm-hmm. After he, I thought he was really good the other night against the Wild. I thought right. he had his. I thought he had his best game back just in terms of being able to handle the puck, possession in the offensive zone. He looked like he had a little bit of a spring in his step in the corners. And tonight it was right back to the guy who looks sluggish. Away from the puck, he's just standing there. Just standing there. How did you feel about your captain tonight? Not the best effort. But I don't think it was for lack of. I think think the captain tonight was very frustrated. Yeah, I I think his effort was was lousy tonight, and I think you follow the leader on this team. See, and when I, your captain when your captain comes out and plays like that in the seventy fifth game of the season, that's a problem. I don't think I'm going to have to disagree with you, Bry. I knew you would. That's no, fine. no, only in the sense of that's why I wasn't going to get into it. I don't. No, no, I don't think his effort started out that way. I think he did something that he does a lot, and that's if he gets held. And he, and he has tough going. He gets frustrated, and he gets a little petulant. And, yeah. then, the, and then the effort goes away. So He actually, he actually gives up. I, that's, a, that's why I'm, I'm disagreeing with you slightly. In that, I think he's, no, I'm a, we're, I, I think we're agreeing now. Right. I think he, but I think he started out with a strong effort tonight, and there were moments of strong efforts. But the more he gets held in a game and doesn't get called, the more, by the third period... He's not skating anymore. He's not trying anymore. So, and I think they did follow their leader in the third period, Brian. I think that's a great point. But again, my my good my good feeling is that 
Good. Make a change. Nobody, it's amazing. Like I read lighthouse.com, you know, lighthousehockey.com, which is my, in my opinion, the the best Islanders blog. And we've had Dominic Jansky on and hopefully we'll have him on again for the playoffs, Brian, because he's great. And that blog is great. And, and, but one of the things I read is so often is people's line combinations. Like no one's liked his line combinations for, for weeks, like since Oposo came back. Well, he's he's forcing Oposo back on that line when right. the line was working without him. Right. That's right. I think the biggest thing. But it but it but it has an effect on every other line. Right. And so, good if this makes him shake up the lines. Good. And that had to be what he was alluding to, right, Bri? Had to be alluding to the fact that Oposo just cannot play on that line. He can't. Not not right now. He can't. He doesn't belong on that line. You know where he belongs. He belongs on a line with Nielsen and Grabner. That's where he belongs. Because those are two guys that are going to make him skate. Or Nielsen and Kuhlman. Those are two guys that are going to make him skate. Absolutely. And Josh Bailey just, I know, he's not as bad as everybody makes him out to be, Brian, but he just disappears. He disappears in these games. Did he even play tonight? It's not fair to call out Bailey though, because they all they all but disappeared he, tonight. No, no, they didn't all disappear yeah. tonight. No, I, they did. Strom, Strom had a very strong game. I thought Strom played a fine game. The fourth line was there all night. Nielsen played a good game. Nielsen played a very good game. Scored fourth, a big I goal. I don't. I do not think the fourth line has been effective. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought I they, think, they, they they threw the body around. Clutterbuck no. drew a penalty. I thought they were fine tonight. They had more chances than the first line. Disagree. They had more chances than the first line, Brian. Okay, that's fine. That's great, but what, what do they do with these chances? What they, do they all? They're not do? supposed to score on those chances. They're just supposed to generate them. Oh, that's all. They, yes. Oh, okay. You're not then, relying, then, then you're they not, did a great job. You're not relying on your fourth line to score. Okay. If your fourth line can generate five chances or four or five scoring chances in a game, you're way ahead of the game because that means they're keeping the puck in the offensive zone. They're doing their job. Their job is not to score. Their job is to. Keep the puck in the offensive zone. Hit anything that moves. And generate a couple scoring chances. Maybe you get lucky and one goes in. But they generated more scoring chances than the first line did tonight. I can call out Bailey. I'm sorry. Why are there so many Bailey defenders? I'm not defending him. I'm just saying you... you why call him out over anybody else? Because he disappears in these friggin' games. I didn't even see him play tonight. It was as if he didn't play. I can't remember more than two occasions he had the puck in the offensive zone. How was that possible for a first-line forward? Piers, and I like Josh Bailey. It was the whole line. He's, the whole line disappeared. He's woefully miscast on that line. He is. But, oh, no, it's, that's, no, it's going way too far. Uh, he, he's always, been, he's, he always has been. He's been fine on that line. He was not. He's not. He wasn't woefully miscast when Anders Lee was scoring every night he on that line. F Bailey. Okay. F Lee Bailey. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Look, it's all irrelevant. He's, he's right. Bad. You're right. He's not woefully miscast on that line. That's an over exaggeration. However. Well, you're upset. No, I, no, you're, it's you're not that I'm upset. Team. Bailey disappears. You're not upset. Okay. Bailey disappears. No, I'm ba- in my opinion. Are you upset or are you not ba- upset? <laughs> I'm upset. Yeah. Okay. Bailey disappears in these games. Does he not? Did you see Josh Bailey play tonight? Yes, I did. What did he do? 
Yeah, he was skating on the ice. Did he, have a, did he have a shot on goal? He did have a shot on goal. He created Are you one, sure? He created one opportunity in front that they didn't convert on. When was that? Uh, during the second period. I want to. I want to know the the opportunity you're referring to. I don't remember it. I'll have to go back and look. It was there an was accident. One. There was one. There was one. Even hey. Brian Strait created an opportunity by accident. Yeah. Okay. Brian Strait. It's time to sit down, Mr. Strait, because Mercury. He stinks. Yeah, he's bad. And Thomas and Thomas Hickey stinks right now. Thomas Hickey, Thomas Hickey is playing tonight. awful, awful hockey. Very bad. Awful hockey. Yeah. Lately, not just not just tonight. It's all it's if 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 you are going to sit there and tell me you have confidence in this team winning a first round playoff series, I'm going to tell you that you, that you're watching something else because you can't be confident in this team to 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 win a playoff series right now. So the you, way don't, that, you don't think they can win a playoff series against? I think the I think they can, but I don't have any confidence that they will. Of course they can. Of course they can. Okay, so I don't I I don't believe this. Off a shootout loss to the Wild. And a mm-hmm. three to two loss to the Kings, right? Stanley Cup champion Kings, mm-hmm. which they gave up a goal in the oh, right. last four minutes. Right? Did they win the game? And a shorthanded that that wasn't my question. Okay. Off those two losses against those two teams, you you have no confidence that this team could win a playoff series. No, you know what you know what I'm going off of, Steve. I'm going off of three seven and two in the month of March, when when the games start to get tighter and the and it becomes more of a playoff atmosphere. Okay. Three, three, seven, and two. Now all of a sudden they're going to turn it on. Jack Capuano used the term, guys can't just flip a switch. That's what they think they can do. They think they can just flip the switch when the playoffs start. Well, the coach thinks they can just flip a switch. The coach obviously. said no. Today. What's, what he been, he, what's he been doing? What did he say after the game today? He said they, they think that they can just yeah. flip a switch and it doesn't work. Well, he's guilty of it as well. Okay. Playing Brian Strait. Okay. Sitting Michael Grabner. Sitting Franz Nielsen. Sitting Ryan Strom. Playing Matt Donovan over Calvin DeHaan. Well, now you you like Matt Donovan playing. Yeah, I don't like Matt Donovan playing over Calvin DeHaan when Brian Strait's in the lineup. Playing Neuvert for four games before Halak was hurt. It, what and now he's calling them out on flipping a switch? What's he doing? So you're going to take these two games and and be confident in them? That's fine. No, that's not what I said. I said, what did you say? You didn't say anything. I want after, to hear what you have. To after say. these two games, I haven't lost confidence that they can win a series. Okay, where were you uh, before these two games? I had lost confidence that they could win a series. Right, and now you've gained the Actually, confidence Actually, before back. these three games, these three games, win against the Devils. After the Devils, before the Devils game, right. Um, now you've gained the confidence back based on their performance in these last three games that they're 1-1-1 one, one, and one in. That they could win a series, yes. Okay. Yes, based on the way they've played against these teams, yes. Right. I sure would like to get Visnovsky back. Well, I'm sure he'll be back soon. Yeah. Well, we can just flip a switch. No, they can't flip a switch. That's, that's, I know. That's just ironic that the coach says that when we've been calling out the coach for that for three weeks, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you so know what? Now he realizes it, I guess. You want to you, you kill him for it. I'll go the other way and say, well, at least he finally realized it. Right. Give well, him that, credit for That goes back to my original point, which is this is a good thing. 
for this to happen That's tonight. Because right. maybe it's a wake-up so, call for the coach and the players. It's, it, I think I think it's at least a wake-up call for the coach. I don't think it's a wake-up call for the players yet. I don't. I in fact, I would be surprised if they win either of these two games this weekend. They're playing Anaheim. They're playing Detroit back yep. to back. Yep. At home, Mike Bossy said it best. Mike Bossy nailed it. As a matter of fact, after the game tonight, uh, he wonders if the pressure of the season is starting to get to them. And 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 that I I really if you wanna if you wanna simplify it as much, look. I'm sure there's a lot of things contributing to what's going on here with this team. But if you wanted to find the most simplistic point, if you want to put it on one thing, why, why is this happening right now? It's the most sense. They're a young team. They're not used to being in this situation. They put the pedal to the metal all year and then took their foot off the pedal. I don't care what anybody says. They took their foot off the pedal at the end of February. And now they're 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 frantically trying to get that pace back, and it's not coming to them, and they're starting to panic. Could be. And I and to me, I'm I'm not I'm not taking credit for it because it was Mike Bossy that said it, but I thought about it. <laughs> that made the most sense to me. Well, you just worded it really really well. Well, no, I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing uh, the great Mike Bossy. Yeah. Well, we got seven games left here, Brian, and I think what you just said is is very true. I think it I think it's very true. And it's something well, that we, we Yeah. No, but it's something we said 3 weeks ago. And you said it and you were spot on and that was they've clearly taken the foot off the pedal and think they can just turn it back on mm-hmm. and they're finding that eh, not so much because other teams are playing for their playoff lives or playing playoff hockey. Right. And when playoff ha- hockey starts, you can't just turn it off and on like some damn radio, like Apollo Creed once famously said. <laughs> they played a team tonight that's not in the that's that's the defending Stanley Cup champion playing for their team, lives. That is not in the playoffs yet with eight games to go. Yep, playing for their lives. And that that was a team that wanted it more and knew how to win it. I mean, we said and this about the Rangers in the, it, right. in the two to one game, right? Also known as the night that Cal's season ended. That's the night my season ended. That's the night the lights went out in Georgia. You want to talk about the Rangers real quick? I, I, look, there's nothing to talk about. They're probably the greatest team in the history of hockey. Yeah, there this, it is. Just, can, can there I, it is. Can I just get that out of the way? There it is. Hey, guess guess uh, what the Hamburglar's record before tonight was? I don't know. Do you know who the Hamburglar is? I, I, I do. He shut down the Islanders last week. Yeah. Um, he hadn't lost yet. At all. Like, <laughs> Ever. He was, was like 12, no, like literally, he was like 12-0-2. Yeah, I think he was 12-0-2. Right? Yeah. And then the Rangers, the Rangers chased him from the game. Yeah, and Rangers put up a five spot in the first two periods. Right. Um, yeah, I uh, mean, but, they, but the Rangers lost to the Kings the other night, you know, convincingly. So, look, they're a beatable team. I think the most interesting thing in talking to Ranger fans, they are. They're, they're a beatable team. Okay. Um. I think the most interesting thing talking – well, a team like the Kings that has size and speed is always going to give them trouble. Sure. Um, no, what? I, I'm talking hockey. I'm not talking from hating the Rangers. I'm talking I'm saying, hockey. I'm, I'm saying, sure, you're right. I, I don't think there's a team like that in the East, but, but that's okay. 
Um, I mean, I don't think there's a team that's constructed in the East that could beat them. They're the best team in the NHL right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So we'll see. They're they're and and they're getting a, a top five goaltender back. Well, that's my question. On top of it. how do you how do you handle that? How do you handle it? You put him back in the lineup immediately. How do you handle it? So Cam Talbot, who's like fifteen three and one. Hey, thanks. Well, he's not he's not that good, but you Cam, sure. That, 15-3-1? Yeah, he's not that good. He's somewhere in there. It's close. Like 12. <laughs> it, really, it really is. It's like, you know, 12, 5. He's, and... he's played like 20 games. Has he lost five games, Bri? Yeah, yeah. I was actually surprised when I saw how many he's lost. Okay. Yeah. Or no, you know what it is? It's 19-8-1. He's 19-8-1. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's very good. Yeah. It's so good that I was shocked that he had lost eight games. Yeah, I, I can't remember those eight losses. Yeah. Well, are you they, sure? Are those are those any of those eight losses before he took over? I'm pr- no. Or is he? That's his record. But I'm saying, did he played for Richter? Uh, for Richter. All right. <laughs> In 1985, <laughs> he played for Lundqvist before Lundqvist got hurt. He played a few games, didn't he? Uh, yeah, so that's probably his record for the season. I'm saying that's his overall record, but I'm talking about since he replaced Lundqvist. I thought he was like 12-3-2 or something like that. It's probably close to that. In, 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 in any case. Whatever it is. He's, he's, to, he's, you, he's been, to you, just Lundqvist yeah. goes back in tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you for your service. Yep. Here's the gold watch. <laughs> You're retiring him. Pat, pat on the back. He's only 25. He's like, wait, wait, what do you mean I have to retire? We're giving you a gold watch, sir. Here's the reason why you got to do that. Okay. The reason why you got to do that is to eliminate any semblance of a goalie controversy whatsoever. You don't want to have any. You don't want there to be any question about this. Where if you hedge your bets and well, we're going to play Talbot tonight, but we'll play Lundqvist tomorrow. And it, you just got to throw Lundqvist back in. If he's healthy to play, throw him back in. Well, they have. I think after tonight they have 11 games left, right? Uh, ten, ten or eleven. Yeah, I think it's ten or nine or whatever. I don't. Th- I don't think you play Hank for eleven games coming off no, that injury. No, no, but I. I would play Lundqvist for at least seven of them. Yeah, seven and three maybe you go. At least last ten. You know, maybe you, they got a bunch of back to backs. You could split the back to backs, but then they every do. other. But then every other game would be Lundqvist, I think. Yeah, I had a Ranger. One of my Ranger fan uh, friends said to me, he said he'd go six and four out of the last ten. Go Hank for six, Lundqvist six for four. I mean, uh, Hank for six and and Talbot for four, I and, he, and he would cool. just he would just split the back to backs because they have I think they have three back to backs left. Well, that's what I mean. Split the back to backs and give the rest to Lundqvist. So yeah, seven maybe. And three. Yeah, maybe. Just because that you 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 can't. Is it a good problem to have? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I really want to see your head explode. Is it a good problem to have? <laughs> sure. If you're gonna have a problem. They, I, I, I love, uh, not love. It's interesting to me how the matchups are are taking place, because tonight could have been a preview of the, of the one eight matchup, Rangers Senators. Uh, it's currently the one eight matchup. I right. think. Well, Montreal won tonight, so Montreal actually has the one now. Right. And the Rangers would play the Capitals in that scenario. The Rangers would play the Capitals. The Capitals won. Capitals are only a point behind Pittsburgh now. And the Islanders. Three behind the Islanders. Oh, okay, that's right. Because the Islanders have a, a Pittsburgh th- lost also. They lost tonight. Yes. Oh, I didn't think they played tonight. 
Yeah, they played tonight. So, and and you had brought up a good point the other day in that you know everybody's upset about the Islanders not playing well. You don't think Pittsburgh's playing well either. So, there, I, I think they've lost like five of their last nine or yeah. something something to that effect. And they're and they, they're in danger of falling out of that third third. Right, spot. and the, the Caps weren't exactly playing great either. Um, Caps yeah. are playing better now. Yeah, they've been pretty five hundred ish though for the last two weeks. Right, uh, Islanders and Penguins have been well below five hundred right. the last two weeks. Right. Either I'm, way, I I'd, I'd I'd much rather play the Penguins than the Capitals. I'm not playing. I'd much rather that the Islanders. <laughs> I won't be partaking in that. that would, well, you might as well be. Yeah, Cappy, give me a couple of shifts. Um, I would take a penalty immediately, immediately upon stepping on the ice. Like a well, game misconduct. Yeah, my gone. first my first order of business would be just to. Try to lay like the biggest hit I possibly could on Sidney Crosby in a clean fashion, right? And then uh, start a fight. That's what I would do. I see. I would envision you more trying to lay the hit and then missing, missing just poorly due to your um, the, it, your skating is not as great as Crosby's, <laughs> and just like crashing into the boards and going are you, down. On the heat. Are you sure? I shouldn't. I I shouldn't say that. Yeah. You think you can? You think you skate just as good as Sidney Crosby? Uh, Bill Bill Cosby, I probably skate as well as Bing Crosby. Probably skate as well as he does. He's dead. You're talking about Bing Crosby, right? Or Sidney Crosby? No, Sidney Crosby. Kathy Lee Crosby. I skate as well as Cosby's, the Jersey Store. Jerry Cosby. Yes, that used to be inside Madison Square Garden. Um, we're going to lose the live feed in about three minutes, so why don't we wrap? Yeah, wrap and, sports and say goodbye. And say goodbye and then just go right to the fun load. Love it. I love everything about that. Love it. Thanks. Hey, thanks tonight. Thanks for this. This was great. Yeah, I sports I, talk. Yeah, I thoroughly, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I feel like I got a lot out. Oh, I didn't get to yell at Doug Gottlieb. Oh, real quick. Oh. You got two, two minutes. Quick, quick. Uh, FU Sports Minute. Go. <laughs> FU Doug Gottlieb. That's it. That's all I got. This guy, as my Dayton Flyers are making an amazing run, and by all accounts are one of the great stories in college basketball this History. year. There's no this year. He's up for coach of the year, Archie Miller, for a reason. He's playing six guys. They only have six scholarship left. They have to have assistant coaches and coaching and and grad coach assistants to run a practice. <laughs> they're playing their sixth game in eight nights or ten nights. Their sixth game in five nights. No, there was, it, it was their sixth game in ten nights. I all because they, they have the playing game. Yeah. All tournament level games. Yes. This guy won twenty five games with this team, and Doug Gottlieb does nothing for three games but destroy this team for their home court advantage. At least three times he goes. I just, I don't know how they're doing this. Just like that. Like you said, just like that. Like that annoyed. Scoochie Smith goes to the rack. I don't know how he's doing this. I don't understand it. I don't understand how Dayton is doing this. Like pissed off. F you. And I wasn't the only one who noticed it. Everybody noticed it. I I noticed it. Maybe, Maybe you couldn't steal our credit cards at Dayton. Maybe that was it. Doug Gottlieb. Talking about integrity. (laughs) <laughs> Go steal some credit cards, buddy. Oh, you got to be kidding me. His, his own partner at some point was like, "Go easy. 
Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle was like, uh, you should give them maybe a little credit. They just went on a 15-0 run against number three Oklahoma. Ugh, F you, Doug Gottlieb. Seriously, he's the worst. You are the worst. Dayton represents what the tournament is all about. A mid-major small team playing six guys. Six and a half, because Worley's like a half a player. Yeah. They got no bodies. They they gave the, the manager a full scholarship so they could have enough guys on the bench, Brian. <laughs> the manager, the team's manager, the guy who was handing out towels at the beginning of the season, they gave him a scholarship <laughs> and put him on the team and in uniform. Oh, boy. And this guy can't, he can't understand. I don't know how they're doing this. Ugh. Uh, that's all the time. I'm Steve Sampietro, RTU Sports. That's all the time we have for the live feed. Thank you so much for joining us. Go to rtusports.com, and this will be up on iTunes tomorrow. And then on Monday, the fun load will be up. Thank you so much, and hello. It is. Time for the fun load, baby. Time for the fun load, baby. Time for the fun load. Yes, it's time for the Ready to Unload Fun Load. Hi! This will become episode number 225. We are still live. It is still Thursday, March the 26th, 2015. Hi, welcome to the Fun Load. This is where we have fun. It's right in the title. Can't miss. Let's also welcome... load. Also a load. That's in the title, too. Let's welcome back the bishop. Or bishop, if you're addressing him directly. Pop culture PJ. Hi, Peach. Hey, how you backwards. doing? Hey. Hey. I have it backwards. I if, you're address- if you're addressing him directly, you address him as the bishop. Hey, welcome back, the bishop. That's right. I'm sorry. That's correct. I'm going to have the rule. Cal has been the only one who's kept that straight all well, these he, months. I was going to say he has it tattooed on his forearm. I have it every night before I go to bed. I say my prayers. I look at my little uh, laminated card on rules to address bishop. The bishop crib sheet. That's what it is. <laughs> that's your new nickname. The bishop bishop crib sheet. Bishop crib sheet. <laughs> The um, <laughs> I don't like cheaters. I don't like cheaters. Oh no! No? Did somebody ask you about a cheater? The bishop? Well, crib sheets. Oh, I'm, I'm just saying. That'd be cheating. I appreciate the effort, but I mean, you know, I don't want you I, using crib notes. No, have, no, I, I memorize it. Have you ever That's cheated? All about the integrity. Have you ever cheated on a test in school? The truth. I'll tell you a story. <laughs> the pause gave you away. <laughs> Guilty. The first time, the first time Damn. I ever set eyes on my future wife. Wait, you cheated on your <laughs> wife? What? I don't was like where this in story the fourth, is going. In the fourth grade. This is not true confession. When, 
the math team from my school went up against the math team from her school. Your fourth grade had a math team? And I was on it. What, what, was, the, what was the math being done? Where'd you go to school, Goodwill Hunting? Pretty high-level stuff. Are you kidding? Look, you need to remember that once I upon was, a time, I was considered a very intelligent person. I was eating pain Before it all so fell long. apart. Yeah, yeah, you are not considered that any longer. Just FYI. The word on the, word not, on the street. It does no. not follow me around anymore. Nope. The word's out. So, so right. her fourth grade math team comes to do yeah. battle with your fourth grade math team. That's right. And one of the math teams cheats and wins. Which Ooh. team do you think it is? Yours, without a doubt. That's, that's no. correct. Ab- absolutely. Oh. How did it cheat? <laughs> what does this competition look like, by the way? Is this like a calculator? Is this like Hunger Games? Like, what does this, what does this competition look like? Are you on a stage? There was no violence. There was no battle to the death. We're talking about groups of uh, five kids answering math questions that were pretty challenging. Thinking about how we none of them are good. ever going to get laid. Well, we had they done well all training. afternoon, and then it was the final it. round. I don't, mean, it, I don't mean that day. <laughs> in the I final mean, round, my team compared notes, and you weren't allowed to do that. And we got a perfect score. Technically, cheating. I have a number of questions. Although we we didn't uh, change each other's answers, but we did compare answers. Are you wearing? And that's the only time I've cheated. Math, math uniforms for the math team. I want to say no, but then go. I think we might have had, like, tags, like school tags with, like, a symbol on it that we wore on our chest. Like the Price is Right, those big name tags that they used to wear? <laughs> yes. I yes. have a question. Something written in fancy magic marker. Right. <laughs> they were the Price is Right tags. <laughs> right. Did you sit on a panel? That was my next question. Like, like I, I remember, you remember the match game, how there were a row of three and then right. a row of three above them. That's how I envisioned the three and the two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were, uh, we were gathered around the, uh, the Campfire. low round grammar school tables, oh, the uh, low chairs where the seat on the chair felt like it was made of stone for some reason. The unusually <laughs> really heavy cold. Yeah. Really cold chairs that had the strange feet on the bottom that sort of moved and flexed but never actually made the seat level. Remember That's right. those? You needed yeah. you, you needed like a couple of equal packets just to get the chair yeah. level. Well my school was so old the desks still had inkwells. Nice. In the desks. Yeah. And so kids this is in a, them with their pencil. This is in a classroom. She comes over from the other elementary school, all all uh tough you know, tough guys. 
Did they have uniforms? Because that would be intimidating. I think if they I came they into your have... classroom with uniforms on, I think. Be... I think they had the yarn lanyard. <laughs> you know, you you have a piece of yarn around your neck, and then and then a, a name tag that goes around it. You know, it's, that it looks has like both a... ends, just kind of dangling there. Not flattering, I'll tell you that. Hold on, back up. You you broke up. Hold on. Totally breaking up. Now I can't hear you. This is ridiculous. Come on, Skype. Fine. I hear you fine. Punch Skype yes. in the face. Oh, you're back. I. Okay. No, it's not. Can't hear it. Gosh darn it. Come on. Can't hear it. Desperately want to hear it. Can't hear it. Thank you. 